Hello, my friends. This is April 8, and I welcome you to my Songs and Stories podcast. Today's story is called Jemmy and the Lost Crown. It's episode two. Now, I like to start out all of my stories with a special little song that goes like this. Oh, ye time-bound travelers, lay down your cares and rest your bones, and I'll tell you a fairy tale that I have come to know. And now it's time for our story, episode two. Jemmy and the Lost Crown. Now, this is a continuation of our story from last week, Jemmy and the Birthday Surprise. If you haven't heard that one, well, you could listen to it first, or you could listen to it after to see what you missed. Either way, the question is, where did we leave off? Hmm. Oh, yes, of course, (laughs) I remember now. We left off right where Jimmy had rescued the fairy and retrieved the crown from the swirling water, just in the nick of time. And thank goodness for Jimmy, or our poor fairy friends would be in quite a conundrum. For, as we know, this crown was almost lost forever, and it's an important crown for all sorts of reasons, as you are about to hear. But that's really the end of this story, and here is the beginning. The fairy stood upon the wooden table inside the picnic shelter and looked up at Jemima and her mother with her grass-green eyes. The sharp, shining crown sat next to her. She smoothed her nasturtium petal skirt, still wet with the rain, and she cleared her fairy throat. And when she spoke, it was with a voice most musical. And I will tell you now the story that she told them. It all started with a very sleepy prince. Lying along the banks of the periwinkle pond in the late afternoon, over in the tall meadow with a soft pussy willow for a pillow, the prince was reading his favorite stories and listening to the birds twitter and gossip amongst themselves as birds like to do. And, before you even ask, I will say, yes, of course, fairies read books. The prince's crown was safely upon his head, where it always was. But you see, my friends, between the musical trickling of the periwinkle pond and the sweet chitter-chatter of the birds and the gentle warmth of the sun's rays, our dear sleepy prince nodded off with a soft snore. And yes, dear, of course, fairies do snore. Unfortunately for the prince, there was a very mischievous fellow nearby who heard that sonorous sound and knew that it meant that the prince had fallen asleep. Why, it was Mr. Crow. And for Mr. Crow, there was nothing in the whole world he admired so much as a nice, shiny, fairy crown. For a fairy crown is a thing of glory, rare and tiny and bright, made from one part magic, two parts sunshine, and three parts precious gold and gleaming gems. Forged by dwarves deep in their cavernous workshops, under the hawthorn grove, and tempered in the fires of Adeline, 
It was a masterful thing by any and all standards. But for crows, who particularly appreciate the shinier things in life, it was, well, it was irresistible. Mr. Crow hopped over to where the crown lay on the ground, not even an inch from the top of the prince's head. And without even looking around, he snapped it up in his sharp beak and he flew off with it. He was as happy as a lark. Mr. Crow set off to find the she-crow he had been admiring for the last week to see if he could win her favor with this loveliest of gifts. Now, this she-crow was quite special to him, and when Mr. Crow saw her hopping along on the far side of the meadow, he alighted next to her and bowed in his grandest manner. He lay the fairy prince's crown respectfully before her in the grass and bowed yet again to show that he was sincere in his desire to marry her. Now the she-crow carefully examined this little shiny bit her suitor had brought her. She was captivated by how brightly it shone in the sun. She could see her own regal reflection in its splendor. She reached over and gave the he-crow a little peck upon the cheek to say that, yes, she agreed. He should be her he-crow and she would be his she-crow. The he-crow cawed with delight to let the whole world know that they would be wed. Caw! 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 And then the she-crow cawed with him and together they let the whole world know that they would be wed. Caw! 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 And then, dear listener, they were so excited. The she-crow and the he-crow invited all of us to call along with them to make sure that the whole world knows that they would be wed. Are you ready? Caw! 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 <laughs> well done. Well, it was decided, and so the he-crow and the she-crow flew off to find Sir Gopher to see if he could marry them. And then in their haste to be wed, they forgot all about the little crown lying in the grass. It was, after all, a lovely June afternoon, just right for a wedding. But the fairy crown did not rest in the grass for too long, I assure you. For who should come fumbling along but dear Mr. Mole? He was wandering slowly on his way, slowly on his way, slowly on his way, when he thought he saw something shiny in the grass before him. It was an awfully bright thing for one who lives in a burrow under the ground. He'd only come up to see what all the ruckus was about, what with all that cawing and everything. Now Mr. Mole thought perhaps there was a good party going on, and he'd hoped there would be a lovely worm at the snack table that he might have for a late lunch. But Mr. Crow and his she-crow had flown off long before Mr. Mole had even made it out of his hole. There was no party at all, just a forlorn crown alone in the grass. With great care, Mr. Mole lifted up the shiny crown in his long, sharp claws best used for digging tunnels, and squinted. Mm. Well, I'll be. This must belong to a fairy. So fine a crown as this. I wonder how it came to be here. 
Over on the other side of the meadow, a few clouds began to roll in, and a chilly wind swept over the meadow that smelled just a little bit like rain. And so it was that right about this time, our sleeping prince awoke. The prince looked around himself for his book, and he found it in the grass beside him. He got up and started on his way, feeling light and cheerful, after a nice nap by the pond. In fact, he was feeling a little too light. Something was missing. He stopped in his tracks to check his pockets. No, the invitation for tomorrow evening's fairy celebration was still in his pocket. Well, what else could be missing? Suddenly, his hands flew to his head. <gasps> no! He ran back to his pussy willow pillow to find his crown. But, as we all know, it was not there. Not there! Not there! The prince called the royal fairy trumpeter to his side at once to send out a call to his closest friends. Lickety-split, his best fairy fellows gathered around him to hear what he had to say. Dear fairy friends of mine, he said, my crown is lost, or maybe even stolen. I must have my crown back by sunset tomorrow before the fairy celebration, or my mother, the fairy queen, will be very unhappy with me. I would hate to disappoint her on her birthday. <sighs> All of his friends nodded in agreement. If you will help me find it, I will be forever grateful. Fly over the meadow, search in the streams, ask every bird, whatever you think it might take to get it back upon my head before the sun sets tomorrow evening. I have to stay here or my mother will know something is up. And with that, the prince's closest friends flew off in all directions to see if they could find his lost crown. But where in the world could it be? On the other side of the meadow, our friend, Mr. Mole, was standing on his hind legs, examining the crown as best he could to see if there was a name on it somewhere. He really didn't see that well, but fortunately, or rather, unfortunately, as the case may be, Sly Fox came strolling by. Why, hello, Mr. Mole. Starting to smell a little bit like rain, don't you think? Say, what you got there? Why, indeed, it, it does smell like rain, Sly Fox. Now, now I come to think of it. <clears throat> but while you're asking, I, I believe this here is a, is a furry crown. What say you? Can you see a family name on it anywhere? I left my spectacles back in my burrow, and I'm not in much of a mind to go and fetch them. Upon close inspection, Sly Fox thought it was indeed a fairy crown with no family name upon it. But being Sly, and a fox, Sly Fox did think of an idea. Oh, Mr. Mole, I know you'd rather be back in your burrow. I will gladly take this crown to the pixie peddler over on the other side of the meadow. He knows everyone, and I'm sure he can find an owner for your crown. With a nod of thanks, Mr. Mole handed the fairy crown over to Sly Fox and fumbled slowly on his way, slowly on his way, slowly on his way, back to his burrow for an early supper. Well, the fox snickered in delight. <laughs> Silly Mr. Mole. 
Indeed, Sly Fox wanted to take the fairy crown to the pixie peddler, but not to find its owner. (laughs) No, Sly Fox wanted to sell the fairy crown and get rich. Sly Fox started thinking of all the things that he would buy with the pile of gold he would get for selling this fairy crown, so foolishly lost by its owner. He would be the richest fox in all the meadow. The whole meadow will bow to me. They'll say, there goes Sir Sly Fox, richest of them all. (laughs) Sly Fox stood there gloating for so long that the sun began to set and the fireflies came out to flicker and play in the twilight. Sly Fox's mind filled with the wondrous bounty he might have, all for the sale of this one tiny lost fairy crown. Sly Fox chuckled to himself that evening as he took the crown back to his den, and oh, he slept very well that night, despite the rainstorm that had blown in. But on the other side of the meadow, a worried prince with no crown upon his head lay awake, staring out of his window, hoping for word from his friends about his lost crown. He watched and worried as the rain splashed upon his window pane. The fairy paused in her story to catch her breath. She never much liked talking about foxes, and she was worried about her friend. Oh, wow, Jimmy interrupted everything to ask. Is this crown right here? Is this the prince's crown? And the fairy nodded. But how in the world did you get it away from Sly Fox? And Jemima's mom asked, Did the he-crow and the she-crow actually get married? But Jemima was more worried about the fairy prince himself. Did the prince have to tell his mother he lost his crown? And how did it get in the water? The fairy smiled up at their concerned faces. Let me tell you the rest of my story. Snip, snap, snout. For today, my tale is all told out. Tune in next time and I'll tell you some more of the tale of Jemmy and the Lost Crown. Thanks for listening to the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast. For all things April 8, please go to april8.com and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at April8Music. And of course, there's always Facebook, facebook.com slash April 8. Until we meet again, remember, I love you and you are wonderful, just as you are right now. La, la, la.